0: Welcome, you're listening to the Grow Ortho podcast presented by HIP. This podcast is dedicated to orthodontists who want to stand strong in their market and be leaders in their community. Now, on to today's show. Dr. Castilla, thank you so much for taking the time to chat today. Really appreciate it, excited to to talk and just kind of learn more about your mindset and your practice and, and how you guys do business.
1: Awesome, it's my pleasure to be here with you. I'm excited.
0: Awesome, yeah. Thanks for taking the time to chat. So, for those listening, or maybe they're watching this on YouTube or on our website, uh, I think some people are going to know who you are. But for those who don't, just take a few minutes and introduce yourself. Um, you know the practice where you guys are at. Um, obviously, there's some unique things about your practice and and how you guys do orthodontics. So yeah, just Kind of give an overview of yourself and the practice.
1: Castilla Orthodontics, which is uh, our practice, is in Salem, Oregon. Um, Everybody knows Portland, but Salem is actually the capital city of Oregon, and it's about an hour south of downtown Portland. Um, And uh, I purchased the practice from a retiring orthodontist back in 2013, so we're actually going to have our 10-year anniversary this summer, uh, which is very, very exciting. Amazing. Yeah, and um, when I first purchased a practice, uh, the practice was averaging about nine starts a month, and we've been so incredibly blessed uh, to to grow it, so much more than that. It had six employees at the time, and now we have 26, 27, depending on the, on, you know, on certain factors, but mm-hmm. um, things that are unique about our practice, I would say, you know, originally when we started the practice, it was very much following the traditional model of uh, marketing to, to doctors and, and, and dentists and things like that, and, and offering different braces and Invisalign and aligners. And the practice has definitely evolved over the years as I have gained clarity over who my target demographic is and what my value proposition is to my clients. And uh, now we do braces only. And which I think I see on so many orthodontic forums that people say, you know, orthodontists, they say, like, oh, I hate aligners, but I can't stop doing it because there's not enough patients. And talk about mindset, Mm. that is absolutely um, not true. Uh, We do over a thousand starts every year, well over a thousand starts every year on braces patients only. So um, there is enough patients.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: And you now our team is, um, we're we are known for also having a blast at our office. We have a lot of theme days, We multiple times a year. We dress up in costume uh, and, and just decorate the office. We've had everything from 70s day to circus day to old school rap day. Um, everything under the sun we, we've done and we just have such a blast doing it. I think it's very important for our patients to feel comfortable in the office and feel like, you know, you know, because we're part of their smile journey, right? So they they I want I personally want our patients to have a fun, you know memory about our our office and and the journey that they had to getting a beautiful smile,
0: yeah, that's amazing. Uh, and when we came out, uh, Harrison and myself uh, visited in January. You guys had hip balloons all over the office. That was really amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a, a cool surprise. Um, but, you know, one thing that I was so impressed with is uh, yourself and Dr. Eddie, your husband, obviously uh, own and, and run the practice. Just the, the team that you guys have created, both within yourselves and And, you know, your, your team members, uh, obviously that have come along for the ride and your processes that you guys have created. I mean, you guys, uh, had a pulse on everything within the business, knew where everything's at, uh, you know, we're using different softwares, not only practice beacon, but, you know, managing, um, leads and processes and other softwares and everything was just so detailed, uh, and the team was fully bought into it and excited uh, about the processes that uh, and systems that were helping them to do their job better. Obviously, that kind of led me to hey let's let's have this interview because I think there's so many things that other orthodontists and just other people in general can learn from how you guys run the practice so, Super excited to talk about mindset. You know, one thing you just mentioned with, um, you know, how do you do braces only? And, you know, you guys also advertise fees. And these are things mm-hmm. that a lot of orthodontists think are the wrong way. But funny enough, as as we grow at HIP and we get to work with amazing practices like yourself, the the easy growers, I call them, have more of an approach – like you guys do, and and they may not be braces only, but they're, you know, would be 70, 80% braces. Um, You know, a lot of times startup costs with brackets aren't super expensive, whereas these indirect bonding modalities can sometimes be like upwards of $2,000 per case. We're starting to see some of the people who aren't easy growers and are more clinical and, and very into what you called the gadgetry. Um, are buying into these things and then wondering like, hey, why am I not profitable? Why am I not? Why is my take home going down? Why is my um, margin going down? And we're having to to have these conversations with them and look at modalities, lab fees. You know, a lot. Of, another thing people talk about is, oh, well, this is great because if I do indirect bonding, um, I can have all this free time. And then they're saying, oh, well, I actually don't have free time. Now I'm doing, you know, setting up cases on my weekends, taking my work home, doing aligner checks. And so just to kind of jump right in, like, where are people hearing this? And, and is it the best mindset in terms of running a profitable business to jump in the, to everything that's new and super expensive and costly?
1: Well, first of all, you know, When when you own a business, there's there's three types of people. There's, you know, there's artists, there's managers, and then there's entrepreneurs. And I firmly believe that most doctors are artists um, and not Mm. business people. Some of them are, but most most doctors are artists. And so they think like artists. And so that's where we start seeing the like, oh, let me try this fancy gadget. Let me try this, you know, because they're really into their art. And so that's yeah. totally understandable but as an i'm an artist myself but as an artist you need to understand you know where your strengths are as an artist and what your strengths are not and i think it's also not seeing that um uh, that you what you have is not a practice that happens to be um a business but a business that happens to be a practice and i and i think that that's really critical to understand that fully because when you think that you have a practice and not a business, then your, your, artist, your artist side really goes through and you start talking to other artists, meaning other orthodontists, and you start talking to other artists. And so you, what, what are they doing? What are you doing? What did you try? You know, what's working for you? Oh, this is cool. Or you start listening to vendors, um, you know, vendors convincing them that this is the best way that this is, you know, so you're listening to everybody but your client. Right. So Mm. if you uh, if you understand that you have a business first that happens to be a practice, um, then then you're going to go out and hear, you know, your client and ask questions of your clients. And what what do they want? They don't know about indirect bonding or they are about, you know, when people come to consults, the two main things that they want to know is price and how long. I mean, there's other things, you know, too, like I want, I want a, my child to be comfortable in the you know, vibe of the office, you know, and, and things like that. But at the end of the day, that's what they want. You know, a lot of people kind of complain about shoppers, you know, that they're going, well, they're shopping around because nobody's telling them the information that they want. What they want is mm. to know is how much and how long. Nobody's telling them that. Nobody's really really being transparent about, you know, what what it is that they want to know. So of course they're shopping around. This is a big ticket item for a lot of people. So I mean, I think there's almost a little bit of a lack of empathy when we shop around for things that are big ticket items, <clears throat> we shop around too. So why should the patient be any different? And I think a lot of the shopping gets reduced when you're fully transparent with, you know, what you're doing. But But back to your your question about doctors not becoming profitable because they're trying all these fancy gadgets and all these things, and that's all great, uh, but you really need to have clarity is power, right? So you need to have clarity about who your customer is. Uh, Not all customers are the same. You can't be everything to everybody. So once you decide who your customer is, you need to go out and listen to their voice and not necessarily the voices of vendors or the voices of other orthodontists that may have a different target customer. Um, so I think every, all of that stuff happens with good intention. You're trying to be the best doctor you are. You're an artist. You're trying to provide the best, you try to provide the best life for yourself and be efficient, but you're not really listening to, to your client.
0: That's an amazing point. Uh, so many amazing points in that. So thanks for sharing that. Now you talked about, um, you throughout the number, you know, oh, there's only a thousand patients and, you know, there's this limiting belief of there's only so many patients, you know, we we need to be really um, careful or scrutinize over our competitors, other orthodontists in the area. I guess what I'm trying to say is you know there's there's a limited number of patients and there's a lot of scarcity around that with many orthodontists. Now this I think goes well beyond orthodontist and a lot of business owners think this way. Um, but to your point, there's an abundance of patients, I believe, I think you believe.
1: Yes, 100%.
0: Yeah, I saw this study from Gage that was like, there's like 95 million people in the U.S. who are eligible for treatment. Now, I don't know how they did this study, but I'm sure it's ballpark. And only 4 to 6 million uh, new patients per year. So look at how many more patients there could be and how much growth there could be. Should people really be worried about this limited number of patients and competitors?
1: Absolutely not. There is, I mean, really with everything in life, there's more than enough for, for everybody. Uh, and there's definitely mm-hmm. plenty, plenty of patients. I think what it is, is that traditionally orthodontics has served um, kind of the elite, you know, um, sort of very yeah. small, you know, um, type of patient category or type of patient with a certain amount of income and a certain amount of education that has a private practice dentist and, you know, all these things. And so, um, there is, a, if, if that's your target demographic, then there's probably a limited number of, pa- of patients from that point of view. Uh, but there's a whole bunch of other patients that would love to have braces and they just haven't been able to get them under the traditional model.
0: So with that, like, How do you guys approach that, and what's your mission within Castilla Orthodontics to serve Salem and the surrounding areas?
1: Yeah, I think it it all starts with your value proposition and having clarity around that. For us, the patients that we want to serve are um, patients that the the I mean, the patients that we that we target in our practice are you know patients that. Uh, need uh, an affordable payment plan, that need, you know, they need price transparency, they want to know, they, they're not familiar necessarily with health, uh, with the healthcare system and how the healthcare system works. They tend to have communication problems, they tend to be intimidated by doctor settings, um, and, and, they, and they need mobile friendliness. Uh, we talk about technology and the, some of the processes that we use in our practice. I'm obsessed with mobile friendly. Um, it's just amazing how many practices this day and age are not mobile friendly, um, and this actually, you know, occurred to me through using some pro- some products that I tried in the past that were not mobile friendly, and during that process, I discovered that my patients, a lot of them, don't have laptops at home, um, and so everything. I mean, I mean, let's think about modern times. Everybody uses their phone way more than they use their laptop, so uh, improving communication that way. So for us, we it, we understand what the customer pains are, right? So every every customer that you're trying to serve has a problem, um, and the problem that they're trying to solve, and a series of pains that that is keeping them from solving that problem. So I see it as my job, once I know who I want to serve, to find the solutions for for those pains. So with our customers, you know, and our, our patients in our office. Um, some of them have language barriers, you know, so we all, you know, we make sure we have a bilingual team. Um, some of them, it's financial. A lot of people now, it's not just, you know, um, mm-hmm. it's not even a lot of people now with the current times are experiencing financial problems, but, uh, but you know, financial issues, they need flexibility in the payments, they need flexibility in, in scheduling, they need flexibility in a lot of things. And so we make sure that we provide that flexibility. Um, They like transparency. They want to know what's happening. You know, it's a nervous situation. It's a nervous decision. I'm going to go. It's a big deal. Like maybe for us, we live it every day to that. We live in the orthodontic world every day. But for a lot of patients, it's a big deal to go to this orthodontist and get this expensive, you know, service. And, and get braces on. So it's always, you know, providing a lot of certainty for the client that this is what it's going to be. This is what you can expect. This is the price. This is how, you know, the the monthly payment is. Um, and you can ask us questions anytime. You can message us from Facebook. You you know, it, it really, it just needs to be easy. You know, our, our goal is always to, to remove barriers to entry. You know, we put up so many barriers to our clients in traditional orthodontic models, um, and my goal is to. How, how, I'm always thinking that, like, how can I make it easy? How can I make it easy for a lead to communicate with us? How can I make it easy for our team to respond? How can, you know, everything should be when it, when things are easy? That's that's the elegance of it, right? When that's when people will will go to you because you didn't make it difficult.
0: I see a lot uh, sometimes with thinking, you know, how is my customer making it easy for me instead of how am I making it easy for my customer? You know, we right. hear these things like, oh, they're a bad patient or this is a bad lead. Again, somewhat of a negative mindset, but the positive mindset is, hey, how can I serve my customer better if I do these things like what you're talking about to make it easy? Then I'm removing." Um, questions in their mind and the possibility for sticky situations or, you know, we didn't set the expectation right, whatever, because I put it all out there. I've done my research, you know, I've created my core values, my culture, and here's all the information that's so accessible and we're going to remove the roadblocks and make it easy for you versus, oh, well, we just want patients who are going to make it easy for us. You know, I think... right. I think that's that's a big shift that needs to happen. That,
1: yeah, that's definitely a big shift. If I <laughs> could say something to everybody is you know, is some people understand this and some people don't, is that business is a spiritual game. It absolutely mm. is a spiritual game, and the person that provides the most value and 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 provides the most service more than anyone else is the person that's going to win. Uh, we're you know we're as a business is here to serve the clients, and a business is about relationships. And so not everybody's always gonna be ready to, you know, pay you right away and 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 jump in and get their braces or or their aligners or start orthodontic treatment with you. Uh, so you really have to nurture the relationships um, with these leads. There's really no such thing as a bad lead unless they don't have teeth, you know, in, in our business. And I think it's also a failure to understand the customer um, decision making journey because there's actually, I mean. We just have to think about ourselves. I think if we think about how we shop ourselves, you know then you know then we can understand how our customers shop as well, because I mean, not everybody's ready to buy right away. People, there's different totally. stages that people go through to that want to shop. So maybe somebody's just thinking about something. They're just getting information. And because they didn't schedule for an exam, that makes them a bad lead. I don't think so. They're just not ready. They're just getting information. So, you know, sometimes they're, they're kind of ready, but now they're trying to find which is the right place. Um, and so there's different stages of the consumer uh, decision-making process. And I think it's critical to maybe even – spend more time on the people that are not ready, uh, and 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 service them, and nurture, educate them, get them the information that they want, and develop those relationships, because they're going to remember you later on when they're ready, ready. It's easy to get the patient that's like, hey, I'm ready, I'm going, ho you know, I'm ready to go, and I'm ready to get my braces on. That's easy, but the, the, the leads that are like, I'm thinking about it, you know, I don't know, they're hesitant, they have their fears. I mean, everybody has, like, their fears, or you know, things that reasons why they haven't started something that they want to do. And if we could be, you know, um, that person that can guide them through that, they'll, re- they'll remember us and, and they'll build a relationship with us and they will come when, this, when they're finally ready, they will come to us. I heard um, a, a speaker one time and I can't remember his name. And he said that one of the biggest mistakes that, are, that business people make is they're trying to be the star of the show. And, you, you know, if you think about a movie, right, there's a star of the movie, and, um, and they're trying to be the star of the movie, when in reality, you need to let your client be the star of the movie. And you, as the business owner, need to be more like a Yoda-type character, like Yoda from, uh, uh, from Star Wars,
0: yeah. and be
1: the advisor, the guider, the one that's helping them win and um, helping them get through the movie of their life or through their journey successfully, so that's really our role is to be more like Yoda. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe I went into Star Wars, but um and be no, that that's guide. that's a great analogy. Yeah, and be that guide and let the and let the client be the star uh, of their movie. We're there to serve, we're there to be the guide um and um and we shouldn't be trying to be the star ourselves.
0: It sounds so simple when you kind of break it down that way and I think in many cases business is simple surely there's intricacies and and more complicated parts but you know i always tell people there's there's four components to any business marketing sales operations and finance and so understanding how those things work together understanding the avatar the target core values our dna and how we can reach our audience it doesn't have to be this complicated thing so yeah you're you're speaking my language and i think there's a lot of uh <laughs> Mic drops in this uh, this episode potentially. So yeah, with stewardship, stewardship is a word that you know it may may not be talked about a lot. I was raised uh, religious Christian, and you know stewardships all throughout the Bible. But the reason why I like to talk about it, and I'd like to get your perspective, is you guys have one location. And I mean, I walked in and there's like chairs everywhere. you like knocked out your <laughs> office, and you don't need an office anymore. And there's, you know, you put a couple chairs there. and stewardship is maximizing what you're given. You know what I mean? i'm I'm taking what I've been given. I'm maximizing it before I'm going out and creating other locations, bringing in other doctors. I see far too many orthodontists do this too soon. And again, They start to ask, well, where's my paycheck, Luke? I'm I'm not getting paid. And I'm like, yeah, you're a small practice and now you have five locations and you have three doctor salaries. Let's nail your model and then duplicate it. And I think that really ties into stewardship and stewarding the opportunities that you're given so many times we're looking at that shiny object. I've been guilty of this too as a business owner. You hear something and see something and it's too good to be true. And in most cases, those things always are too good to be true. Um, but how do you balance you know, this shiny object and, and maybe getting distracted versus just stewarding what you have and doing what you've been given, uh, making the most of it and doing really well at that first?
1: I think it's, it's you know, you asked me about ego, and I think sometimes it's, um, ego is a, is a big part of it. You know, every time I go mm. to an orthodontic conference, the first thing that people ask me is, well, well, what brackets are you using? Um, and how many locations do you have? And, you know, and it kind of almost become like this, this bragging thing about, you know, who has the most locations or who who uses the fanciest brackets. And, and again, that's just... Not um, really focusing on on your client, it's more focusing on yourself. You know, I think also, you know, to be fair, I, I think a lot of orthodontists are not business people. Uh, so they don't really, you know, understand, you know, uh, concept of like, you know, maximizing. I think it's the mentality of there's not enough. You know, or there's shortages, there's not enough patients, so I need to go to another location to get more patients when in reality, the the lack of patients is coming from a different cause and not because of your location. So um, I think there's just a focus on, on the wrong things and maybe it's from lack of business training and maybe some ego too. You know, a lot of people focus mm-hmm. on marketing, for example. You know, well, I just wanna market to different, a different market, you know, so that's why I'm gonna open another location. But marketing is, is great. I love marketing. Um, actually, when I was in my MBA, that was one of my specialties that I studied um, was digital marketing and uh, because I, I love it. Uh, like I said, I'm an artist, so I, I love everything that has to do with marketing. Um, but one of my aha moments uh, that I had when I was in school uh, was uh, the idea of competing on operations, right? And 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 because I always thought like, oh, you know, whoever's the flashiest, whoever has the best price, that's the person that's going to win. It's not necessarily true. So the idea of you know competing on operations because we're all orthodontists. So from the leads or the patient's perspective they already think you're fabulous they already think you are qualified they already think that you're going to do a good job and so sometimes we you know derail ourselves and and start like saying like oh well, i'm board certified or i'm this or i i speak at that and or i use these fancy braces and the patients already think that you are great and can do a great job so you know that's where you know if from that point of view you know the patient to the patient we're all the same but how are we delivering that orthodontics you know how are we delivering the product? It it could be very different from one uh, office to another, uh, and you know, do we create efficiencies? Do we make it easy? You know, back to those things that we that we were talking about, but um, but yeah, to answer your question about the um, the locations, I I think it's I think it comes from a mentality of lack. You're looking for more patients. You don't have enough patients, so you think you need to go to uh, another market. Um, and, and maybe a little bit of ego too, like
0: you said, I have more offices. Yeah. Well, and to go back to your point of where I break it down like this, 2% of people are ready to buy today. So the people who Mm -hmm. know, okay, I'm going to go Google orthodontist near me, click on the link and I'm going to schedule and go in and get started. Or the people who got referred by their dentist to 20 years, or maybe their pediatric dentist of 13 years, like... Those are the 2%. Mm -hmm. The 98%, like you mentioned, are either in the awareness stage, so very top of funnel. They may not know the difference between you and Smile Direct Club or a dentist and an orthodontist. They may not know uh, what is even like clear aligners. Um, That's the awareness stage. A lot of people there. And then consideration stage Okay, I think I really want to consider this. Maybe I want to consider these 2 to 3 offices or I'm going to opt in on Smile Direct Club or a DIY or you know, they're they're further down the funnel. And that's those two stages, awareness and consideration are 98% of people, right? And so Yeah. I always tell people, "Hey, do you want to focus on the 2% that are already going to come see you?" or do you want to focus on the 98% and figure out a process that's going to work to get them into your new patient pipeline and nurture them and some people who come into that pipeline aren't going to start for 2 to 3 years but when they have a question if you answer it you know if you do it with great customer service and you're happy to do it guess who they're going to come see when they're ready and so you know, a lot of people sometimes, um, aren't super excited when they start working with hip because they're like, these people aren't responding. They're not calling us back. I'm like, well, first off, you call them back 48 hours later, probably already went somebody was somewhere else, but they're, they're not sold on where they want to go and when they want to come in. It's our job to be here for them and kind of nurture them. And the people the orthodontist the clients that we have like yourself I tell people the single most important thing is mindset whether you think you can or you think you can't you're right and so it's more about what you believe because that's an energy you're creating and then you're transferring that onto your team you're transferring that onto your business and so the the key fundamental and we're start starting to talk more about this in the you know sales or courting relationship with hip is like just tell us about your mindset, because I can tell you in five minutes if this is gonna work or not. You know, um, so it is. It is so interesting. I
1: think also you know, um, there's a failure to understand the direct to consumer model, which is what a lot of what you mm. guys do. For example, you know, there's you know, because when you when you had when you send cupcakes to a dentist, uh, or when you you know send you know chocolates to a dentist, and you do those doctor deliveries. Um, you're really just getting, you're, you're, you're doing that and developing that relationship with the dentist to get the patients that are at the end of the funnel, right? Or at the end of the consumer decision journey, the people that are just ready to buy. But as you said, the vast majority of people are actually not, not ready to buy. And some of them are ready. They just can't. So when, you know, you have to understand when you're doing direct-to-consumer, you're going to get a lot of people that are not ready because of dental reasons. They have cavities they need a cleaning you know they saw you on an ad maybe they haven't been to a dentist in a couple years um it, they weren't referred by a dentist they saw you on facebook you know or they saw you on instagram um so you're gonna get a, a lot of patients that are not ready so I, I i hear unfortunately a lot of doctors say oh all i'm getting is these leads that are not ready because they have cavities and i'm like okay well let's help them i mean so you always mm-hmm. want to come from that a service mindset let's let's help them and so it's important to develop a process to, you know, like a dental clearance process in your office, if you're gonna do direct right to consumer, to help people like, you know, I mean, and you're doing such a great thing because, you know, now they they, they got back to health, you know, with their gums and, and their cavities and things like that, all in, the, all in the name of getting a beautiful smile. So it's like a two for one win, you know, yeah, they're gonna get braces, but in the process, you know, they got their teeth back to health. Um, so again, it goes, you know, don't try to be the star of the show. You're there to be the Yoda.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. And, you know, you certainly have, uh, so many great opinions and thoughts and, and beliefs rather, um, they really resonate with my beliefs. So, uh, it's amazing that we're talking and I I wish that I could hire you and bring you into hip, but I don't know (laughs) that I could pay you (laughs) enough just yet. Uh, Um one day that's my goal. Maybe
1: one day. Maybe one day. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) But I, I don't know for you. I'm I'm sure it hasn't always been this way. Like I know for me 10 years ago, um, I had a scarcity mindset. I was in debt over my head. Um, and I had to start tuning into the right inputs to change my thinking and change my life. How did you invest in yourself? And how do you still invest in yourself?
1: Yeah, it's, well, it's a journey, right? Um, the, the beautiful thing about, you know, accomplishing your goals is, is not the goal itself, but who you had to become to reach those goals. When I first bought my practice, I tell everybody the story. I'm not embarrassed to say it. You know, I bought my practice in 2013 by the end of 2014 I was nearing bankruptcy. I was like taking money out of my husband's retirement account to pay my staff. Like it was that I, like I, I took a practice. I was already small and I made it even worse. <laughs> mm. And, um, so I think that, you know, you know, when you are faced with situations like that, um, what, what Tony Robbins calls the, uh, the winters. Right? When you when you are faced with the difficult times, you know, that's when you really, you know, see what you're made of. You know, so at that point, you know, you either just continue falling or or you or you burn the ships and you say, no, somehow, some way this is I'm going to make it through. And I decided to burn the ships. And well, I mean, there's a story about the, a, a Chinese general that, um and goes to fight the enemy on an island and and they're totally outnumbered and the general decides to burn the ships um, so that there was no way to retreat right mm. and so when when you and so that's what I mean by burning the ships um, yeah. and so there so there was no way for his army to retreat if they wanted to come out alive they had to win um, and so you have to kind of develop that gladiator kind of mindset um, in order to to survive in business and and grow. Uh, as a as a person, uh, so it's it's a journey, you know. Because, you know, uh, Jim Rohn says, you know, you you can't get more. In order to get more, you have to uh, you have to become more. You have to be, you mm-hmm. know, you can't get more without becoming more. I, I'm sure that's not quite exactly how you said it, but that's the that's the yeah. that's the gist of it. Um, and so it's it's been a journey, you know. When I first Got there, I thought that. I was like, all I have to do is, you know, have perfect American Board of Orthodontic t- style cases. I just have to do a good job, and everybody will just come. And, you know, and that's such a me mindset versus, you know, how can I serve, what what it is. You know, I really discovered early on that was, people were just not starting in my office. What's wrong? Why aren't they starting? Like, do, do we suck? Like, you know, we, are we just awful? Or, or is the staff being mean? What You know, and I discovered, I was like, well, you know, people are not starting in my office, you know, because they can't afford me. They can't, they can't afford my, my practice. And once that was like the first of it, the first thing that I realized, um, in talking to patients, again, you have to talk to your clients. You have to talk to the people that you're trying to serve in order to f- figure out how best to serve, to serve them so that they will choose you. Um, and when I realized that i that i couldn 't afford them that 's when I realized, okay, so this is this is one thing that 's important to them you know that 's when i I became super flexible with my payment plans. I was the first person in in Salem to actually I think i 'm still the only person uh, first and only still to actually advertise payment plans and and even fees will advertise those as well um, to, you know, to, to the just general public here, we are. this is what we are. And the response was, was really phenomenal. And we were able to grow from there.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And is there any books that you would recommend podcast, any type of inputs like that, where maybe this is really resonating with people watching or listening and they really need some foundational steps, anything that you would recommend to kind of get started with, uh, improving mindset, improving business acumen, things like that?
1: You know what I'm going to say, right? For me, for <laughs> me, um, I'm a huge Tony Robbins fan. So I think yeah. that uh, I to- listening to Tony Robbins, I know he has a podcast, listening to Tony Robbins will definitely um, be worth anyone's while as far as mindset is concerned. Um, and he has a program too called Business Mastery. That talks uh, about a lot of uh, things um, with respect to mindset and and just how to be successful in business. So that would be my number one recommendation for sure.
0: Well, I know I'm super inspired. I hope other uh, people listening or tuning in are, are really inspired. And it's really my goal. You know, I've kind of changed my focus of doing marketing and bringing in leads and things like that personally. I want to take what we're talking about and bring it to the masses and change limiting beliefs, any poor mindsets, um, practices that can't grow, don't know how to grow. I want to develop all the education and the material to make it easy for them to change their mindset, change their business, change their life. And, you know, these types of conversations really inspire me and I think hearing success stories too, coming in from doctors of, oh, I tried this and, you know, it worked and I had my biggest month last month in a recession. And, you know, my friends are telling me they're down, but we're up. That's, that's like why I exist. And so that's my goal, um, is to just serve as many orthodontists as possible and make it easy for them to do well in business. Obviously nothing's given it's earned, but, if there's cheat codes or if I can take what, what could happen in five years and shave it down to two years, um, that's my goal. So thanks for being a part of this and, you know, giving your expertise. Um, I know it's very valuable for me to just hear you speak. So, um, I'm excited, uh, about what others will say about this information too. So thanks for being here. Thanks for sharing.
1: It is my pleasure. And, Um, if there's any way that I can, you know, assist you with your mission, uh, I, I would be more than happy to do it.
0: So if anyone wants to get a hold of you, ask more questions, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: Definitely email. I I don't check my voicemail. So email is definitely uh, the way, um, my email is is drcastilla at castillaortho.com. So that'd be the best way to reach me. I'm happy to talk to anyone.
0: So you'd be a bad lead if I called you. (laughs) <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to learn more about hip or any of the topics in this episode, send an email to hello at hipcreativeinc.com. That's hello at hipcreativeinc.com or jump over to our website at hip.agency.